Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reached my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is June 22nd, 2021. That's a Tuesday. It's currently 3.42 a.m. in the morning, and I am here podcasting to you because I just got finished with some work. I gotta do this before I go to bed, right? It's my only free time of the day. Well, I'll take that back. I have a lot of free time. I'm self-employed, right? (laughs) It's when I want to do it, all right? It's when I want to talk to you folks. Or in this case, you know, podcasting, again, it's so weird because I know I'm talking to an audience out there in the world. I am offending people across the entire world, all the way from Bangladesh, all the way to Bangladesh. I'm sorry about that. And, And, you know, I guess people just can't get enough of my offensive material out there because they're tuning back in. And, um, well, you know, I just want to thank all of you out there just for listening to me, sharing my podcast, you know, and uh, it's just one man's opinion, right? It's just my opinion, you know, of things, everything out there. And again, I talk to, you know, I talk about everything, barbecue, movies, you know, road biking, uh, politics, right? Of course, it's politics because I'm a, I'm a very political type of guy. And, I guess, how can you not be, you know, involved with politics in this day and age where everyone is just so tribal, right? Everyone is like, you know, you better believe what the Black Lives Matter things, or you better not. If you don't, you're a racist or a white supremacist. And even if you're like, you know, part of that minority group, you are still some type of, you know, not even if you disagree with them, you're not a victim, but you're, again, a white supremacist. Like for me, I'm 100% Chinese. I don't agree with the whole Asian hate thing. I travel the entire mainland. I've been everywhere across there. I have not experienced Asian hate. I went to the South, and what do I get? I get Southern hospitality, which is so incredible. You wouldn't imagine how incredible it is. You go into Walmart, and you come out of Walmart with, like, best friends. It's incredible. (laughs) It's like, I went over there down to Oxford, Mississippi. I walk into the Walmart with my parents, right? And we're thinking, okay, yeah, people here are going to be somewhat friendly, And right there in the aisle, we start talking to someone. They say, what are you doing tonight? You want to come over for dinner? And we had to deny them because we were already going over to someone else's house for dinner. (laughs) Isn't that crazy, right? So, you know, the Southern hospitality, by the way, it's real. You know, there may be some people out there who hate Asians. And there's no denying there's racist out there. But there is such of it in a small dose. It's, you know, again, and when I, we, talk, we talk about toxicity in this world, right? And when toxicity is a matter of dosage, not ingredient. And so I would say there are racist people out there, but not enough to make America toxic, right? So we're not, we have not reached the level where racism is toxic, is even a version of toxicity or even can be considered toxic to a living soul who travels to America. You know, I've gotten so many, uh, I guess, comments out there by so many people who live abroad, away from the United States, um, people all the way in Africa, different countries in Africa. They, they love me in different parts of Africa. You know, thank you for listening to me over there. But they're emailing me, asking me, is it really that violent? I mean, do Americans just hate blacks? No, absolutely not. And they tell me, how can you prove to me that we don't hate blacks? And I said, well, Will Smith is like one of the Will Smith, Denzel Washington are some of our best, what do you call like uh, actors that we love, right? We loved Michael Jackson when he was alive. Well, most of us did, you know, I, I even liked him through, uh, you know, when he had those uh, 
two child you know molestation accusations and we still don't know if it's 100 true right but even then you know america still loved them and they still love them now right we still like michael jackson and you know people even though you know Beyonce and Jay-Z, they have gone full on SJW, but we still like them, Kanye West, you know, all these people, we've, and, and think about all the sports out there, Michael Jordan was the man, I don't like LeBron James, but again, still yet, he's a very good basketball player, and, you know, people still, I think, well, I don't know, I think people are irritated at LeBron, actually. <laughs> take that back. Okay, I would take back the LeBron James comment out there, but we'll just go back to Michael Jackson, you know, um, and who was the other guy? Um, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was cool. Eddie Murphy. You know, I can keep naming off, you know, really, like, just black celebrities who we like, you know, and, and just, and not just celebrities, just people who are just inspirational. Like, I like Candace Owens, Ben Carson. And, but, you know, it doesn't have to do with race. Like, America, we didn't see race. For the longest time until Trump got into office and then, and then the media made it, and media and the Democrats made it an issue because they really had nothing else to run on. They really didn't. And all of a sudden, you know, they said cops were racist. Well, we always knew that was a narrative way back in the gangster days, right? You know, all the gangster rap was all about, you know, Tupac, you know, said that the, the cops were racist and everything like that. And you know what? Maybe the cops, there were some cops who were racist and maybe they did use you know, very, very, um, we'll say negative, negative words to label the, you know, the black people right there, right? We're saying the N-word. I can't say, I can't say the total N-word on my podcast because I think they'll actually ban me, right? So just, we'll just say they use the N-word, right? And um, the thing about it is that, you know, when people use that word, you know, is it really racist? Is it really, really racist? You know, when I played football, and you play football, and, and you're seeing the, the I, played, I played offense, and you see the opposing defense right across from you, and these guys are about to take your head off, and you're screaming obscenities toward them, and they're screaming obscenities toward you, right? They want to get under your skin sometimes, right? So they called me, you know, they called me chink sometimes. They called me chink, right? Did I take it personally? No, but they were trying to get under my skin, right? They're trying to get under my skin. And I yelled out some words back to them too. And we yelled out both words back to back, you know, back and back and forth, back and forth. And back then it was called trash talking. And then after the game, after that guy tried to take my head off, and maybe he did on a few plays, what do you do after the game? You know, you put your hand up, you say, good game, good game, good game. And then you, you share a few laughs after the game and say, man, that was a great hit and everything. And everyone's just friends. He, he wasn't racist for calling me the chink and I wasn't racist for calling him the N word and all that. We both understood it. We we're just, you know, basically just trying to get under each other's skin. So could it be that? Could it really be that? You know, cause I didn't think he was a racist and he didn't think I was a racist. And this is back in like high school days, right? So. You know, just because someone uses a offensive word, you know, which you may call racist, right? It doesn't mean that they're racist. But again, you know, I, I talked to some people from Africa and they say, you know, here in Hawaii, you know, there was that black guy who actually walked into someone's home by accident. The cops got called and he attacked the cops and he got shot. Well, it doesn't matter what race you were. I would bet that if I attacked the cops... Were, and I was on top of them, pummeling them, I would get shot. It doesn't matter what your race is, right? 
It really doesn't matter. Just maybe I think a month ago or a week ago, three kids were, you know, they stole a car and were very, they hadn't robbed people violently. They stole a car and for some reason in a hot pursuit, we don't know why, but the cops shot these kids dead. And these kids were not of local descent. I think they were, they were from some other type of island somewhere, you know, not in Hawaii because they had some, they didn't have local names, right? And they got shot dead. And now they're being accused of murder, even, and they're being charged with murder. But did they murder these kids? Absolutely not, right? And the full, the evidence out there has yet to be presented. And the grand jury even recommended that no indictment be handed down. So the prosecutors went directly against the grand jury, right? But again, the people over there in Africa, they hear about these cases. They said, even in Hawaii, Steve, even where, where you live, they're shooting black people, they're shooting minorities, the cops are doing this. And again, the media is pushing this narrative because up, you know, up there on the hill in the White House, the Democrats are pushing this and they're pushing all, all this racism, BS. We'll just say that. I was going to say the word, but it's just completely BS and it's designed to tear our nation apart by race and color. And all of a sudden, you know, the whites are a problem, the blacks are a problem, the Chinese are a problem, the Asians are a problem, and everyone doesn't like each other. Everyone's segregated, right? They even have, you know, different high school balls, you know, because people, you know, in, in, because people are of a different color. You know, for my wedding company, there are companies out there that only cater to black-owned companies. They are black-owned companies who only cater to black brides. How racist is that? So if you're a white person, you, you want to book with them, you can't book with them. And there's no discrimination suits ever filed. I think there's something wrong with that. That right there is racist, right? Imagine if I came out, right, and I'm Chinese, right? I, I may not sound like a Chinese, but I'm a full Chinese, what if I only catered toward the Chinese or the Asian market? And if, and if someone else says, well, we're going to come in down here and I have to say, whoa, 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 what is your race first? And they say, oh, I'm a black person. And all of a sudden I say, no, I'm sorry, we only serve Asians. Now, all of a sudden, that would be discriminatory and racist of me, right? But why is it that a black company, a black wedding company can do that? Why is it? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I really, and I really don't want, don't understand why there is such, uh, I guess, anger and anger on the other side. We'll say the Democrat side and people who are African American who take on this type of uh, agenda where they think it's okay to be racist against other races. It's not. It's not. And I, and I kind of understand it because they're saying, you know, some of them are saying that they've been discriminated against their whole entire life. And this is a form of reparations and paying back. Well, I don't think it is. I'm sorry. I am not one to live in the past. Right. Back then, I could see it. Back then, if you're first generation living off of slavery, I could see your hate. But you're two, three, maybe even four generations detached from slavery right now. You know, I am four or five generations, maybe even six generations detached from China right now, all right? My great-great-great-grandfather came from China, but I don't speak Chinese. 
Chinese food is not even some of my fa- most favorite things to eat. I love barbecue, American, Texas-style barbecue, all right? I sound like an American. I don't speak Chinese. I don't believe in the Communist Party. I don't even believe in a lot of cultural values or religions of, of the Chinese world, of the East. You know, I am not Buddhist. I'm not Confucius or, or anything like that. I don't believe in reincarnation. I am a Christian. And somehow I've been told that I am a disgrace to my own people, not by any Asian, by the way, but by people who are not of my color, by liberals have told me I am a disgrace to my own people. <laughs> my own people, I'm American, right? But see, they only see race. They only see race. All right, people. So what is this podcast of, what am I going to talk about today other than this that just gets me pissed off? You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about Hawaii. I really want to talk about Hawaii. Um, You know, maybe this podcast may bite me in the ass later on. I'm not going to delete this. But I don't have very positive things to say about Hawaii, specifically Oahu right now. Because our dear leaders, our dear elected officials, and why do we put elected in quotes? Because huh, I, I just don't feel as though we as locals have actually elected these people. I really don't. I really don't. But I think Oahu, that's the island that I live on, uh, the state of Hawaii, we're headed down a path uh, that if we continue on this path, paradise will be lost. It's already being, it's, paradise is already unaffordable, unaffordable for the majority of Americans out there, all right? So I'm going to cut to commercial, and when I get back, we'll get into all of this, and I'll express to you my opinion um, and uh, what I'm seeing down here, okay? So tune in very, very soon, okay? Don't go anywhere. We're talking just about a couple minutes or so. I'm just going to cut to a commercial. Got to pay the bills, make a few cents here, and then advertise my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if any of you guys want to book with me, you guys can call me up, right? All right, people, here comes the commercial. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. All right, everyone. I hope you're back. I got a lot of things on my mind. I got to get off my chest. I just got to get off my chest. All right, I'm going to turn this music down and get straight into it because I am going to start complaining right now. You know, I am a compulsive complainer, ain't I? And uh, I realize that. That's just who I am as a personality. You know, I am... I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm not anal retentive. You know, my father's a lot more anal retentive than I am. You know, things have to be perfect. But I do have that type of personality. We are a cut, 
a version of the same personality, you know, where we like to have things perfect. We believe in rights and wrongs. We are absolutists, right? And, uh, but, you know, my desk is just completely a mess. Um, some perfectionists, they have to have their desk clean, spick and span clean before they start working. I am not one of those. If you've ever seen my desk, man, it looks as though a tornado just hit this place. Uh, but I can find almost everything, almost everything that I need to. Uh, but it's a mess. <laughs> okay, I am not gonna, I am not gonna lie to you out there. It is, it is a mess. Um, but they do say that, um, you know, it is, if you're messy, it's a sign that you're a genius. So maybe that makes me feel better because I was never considered a genius in my entire life. Well, I'm, I take that back. In high school, I was never considered a genius in high school. Uh, right now, some people, they do tell, ask me if I'm a genius, but I just, I'm really good at playing a role. And I'm really good at, um, you know, I'm, I'm really good at playing a role of a genius. Why don't I just say that, right? But I'm really good at figuring things out. And uh, a lot of times I'm smarter than the intellects because a lot of intellects, they get lost in their mind. And, uh, you know, when you get lost in your mind, you get, you start writing fiction and they start doing my job as a storyteller. Okay. But going back into Hawaii. All right. Now I lived in Hawaii for most of my entire life. I had a brief stint where I tried to make it as a screenwriter up in California where I had one pinky in and a, a literary agent. And I was, you know, making some rounds, working on some stories for some people. I'm not going to say their names. And uh, even now, I'm, I've taken a step back into the entertainment industry, and I am writing stories for myself. And I am working as a consultant, as a creative consultant in some sorts for some other things. And I do expect that I will be writing scripts and screenplays later on in the, in the future for some movies out there. Um, I have not, you know, at one time, I actually crossed that off of my bucket list. Said I did it. I've done it already. Why should I do it again? I hate Hollywood. And I'm not going back to Hollywood, by the way. But, you know, Hollywood's taking a change. Everything's independent now. So, uh, you know, I will be most likely writing some scripts out there for some feature productions. Um, I would say will, most likely, I would say I will be or am or eventually will be. Why don't we just say that? I can't say anything more before I get into trouble. Okay. So, um, anyway. And then um, other than that, my few brief two, three years up in California, I'm not sure how long they were, I came back down here to Hawaii and I started my own production company and have been living here ever since. So again, it's the majority of my 44-year life. And, um, you know, I remember Hawaii being uh, so much greater than what it actually is now. Um, things are just so unaffordable. I mean, at one time I thought, okay, you know, average price of a house, $600,000, $650,000, it's getting really unaffordable. So I was telling my mom, 650 grand, you know, if I, if I take 650 grand and I go up to say Georgia, right? Like Swanee or something like that, or, and, uh, the homes there at that time are for $180,000. I could buy a beautiful home in a close gate community. Uh, I could maybe buy it off in cash, right? And, uh, and, and live like a king there. Um, here in Hawaii, 650 grand, you know, get you a fixer upper, right? And, uh, you get, maybe you can get some homes and everything like that, but it just, it, it was just so expensive. And then one of my friends, um, she bought a condo and then she bought that condo for around $550,000. And I, and I said, $550,000 and it was a condo. And, uh, you know, it was a piece of crap. When I took a look at it, it was a piece of crap. And I said, man, I can't believe she bought that for 550. But guess what? 
That was the going price. I had just been under um, out of real estate for that long. So guess what the price is now for an average house in Hawaii? It's around $950,000 for a piece of crap, all right? And you know, the house that I live in now, that could maybe sell for maybe you know $1.2, maybe $1.3 million. And uh, I would say even it could even sell for $2 million because the neighborhood that we live in is very, 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 very nice. Um, I think when we first bought this property here, it started off as maybe upper middle class maybe, or just say middle class because the homes weren't very expensive. And no one here is rich, right? No one here is rich at all. We have, well, I'll take that back. They're doctors and lawyers and dentists and people in the, that medical field. But now, if you were to sell them, they were like $1.2, $1.5 million. And it's in such a nice area, low crime, big roads, you know, the properties are just huge and we're at the base of a mountain. It looks beautiful, right? It would maybe be, it's probably one of the most beautiful places here on Oahu, to be quite honest, right? But again, would you ever want to sell that here? Would you ever want to sell your property? And if you sell it, where the hell would you move? It's just one of those things. It's getting so unaffordable to live here in Hawaii. I mean, the price of milk is about $6 a gallon. The price of gas is inching up toward $5 a gallon. The price of eggs are, I think they're around you know, $2.99 for a dozen. When I, saw, when I was up there in California, I think it was under a dollar for a dozen. I've seen it there. Or was it Georgia? It was one of those places. And I think, uh, I think $2 could get you two gallons of milk. It was crazy. And then and at one time, when I lived in California, uh, gas was under a dollar a gallon. And it's not anymore because the liberals have basically, basically you know, taken control of California and made everything really expensive. So California is getting really expensive too. Um, so you can't afford oh, the homes down here. Um, there's an energy crisis in Hawaii uh, because our generator, our main generator that powers the entire island, I think about 80%, 90% of the entire electricity, uh, that's older than the actual state. And uh, one of my clients before, my one of my wedding couples, he actually works on that, um, on that generator. And he told me that it's so old that they don't make parts for it at all. And um, if that generator ever goes down, um, it may not be able to, to turn back on again. And one time it did turn da- uh, go down, and they had to actually fashion some type of, I guess, uh, I guess um, spare parts through a welder or something like that. They had to have it custom made, and they prayed to God that it turned back on, but they're still surprised that it's still working to this very day. And um, what our state of Hawaii wants to do is go completely green, com- completely carbon neutral, which doesn't make any sense because that even if we pollute the hell, even if we try to put as much CO2 as we could in the entire world, it wouldn't make any difference. It wouldn't... Con- it wouldn't create any catastrophic weather. Why don't we just say that, right? And, and uh, there's, we just don't, first of all, there's not enough proof that, that warming will cause catastrophic weather, but more so the warming that we would probably contribute to is less than 0.000001%, right? So why even worry about it? But the consequence is that, you know, our state is trying to um, have us embrace solar and wind uh, I guess technology, which is which is very intermittent, extremely intermittent, right? And uh, what what will we do when that big power plant finally kicks the bucket, or when the state of Hawaii says, "Hey, you know, it's time for us to go full green, full carbon neutral," and <laughs> what are we going to do? Like we all can't buy Teslas, 
these wind farms, these solar, um, these solar panels can't charge Tesla cars unless you want to charge it for like a day and not drive around like how you, you usually do, right? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So we have that. And then on top, we have the, the energy problem, the price of housing problem, and then the crime problem. Hawaii, Oahu specifically, crime is just out of control. I mean, people are getting their catalytic converters stolen from their car. So you buy a nice car, an SUV, and then all of a sudden your catalytic converter gets stolen, right? And then on, and then on top of that, you have like the police now who are being accused of being murderers for just doing their job and protecting us, right? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Now, something has to be done to, with our cops, by the way. And something, our cops do have to go through some training. Not, um, I guess, I think they have to, they do have to reboot the cops in a, in a certain way, but not in a way of what they call racism. But I do believe that cops have to start patrolling and enforcing laws a lot more than just being traffic cops out there. Because right now, what I see a lot is just, you know, cops staying on the side of the road being traffic cops. I would love to have cops in neighborhoods, patrolling neighborhoods while people are at work so people's houses don't get stolen. I mean, people broken into and, and, uh, or their cars don't get you know, broken into. I would, see the, I would like to see a lot of big cop presence in Waikiki, maybe a one on every corner because you know, there's some like, tourists who are getting their purses snatched. And, um, and, and I would like to see cops in different areas in the beach parks making sure drugs are not getting sold over there and there's no prostitution going on around there. It's just, right now, I just see so much crime, and all I see cops doing right now is, you know, giving out traffic tickets. But why don't we just go back to crime? You know, there's so much crime out there that if you're a tourist and you park, say, for example, at the beach, and you leave your purse in the back seat, it's almost 100% guaranteed that your, your car will get broken into, your windows will get smashed, and then your, um, all of your money will get stolen. 100% chance. I mean, it's not as though it's not going to happen. It will happen. And what, what are the chances of a cop, you know, doing an investigative report to try to find that criminal and get your stuff back? Well, basically close to zero. So again, that's the, again, the problem with the cops. The cops should be there in the parking lot, making sure, looking over, you know, the, uh, you know, looking over the, the cars that are over there, scaring the, the, um, the, the, the possible criminals that may come by. You know, they have to do these, these types of things. You know, we, we don't need cops hanging, on the, hanging around on the beach, checking if we have wedding permits for the wedding that we're going to do, right? <laughs> That's not what we need cops for. We don't need cops checking up on wedding couples. We need cops in the parking lot of the beach so these wedding couples don't get their stuff stolen, okay? So I'm, I'm just getting things off my chest right now. Now, and the homeless problem, the homeless problem is just getting so out of control. You know, you know what kind of makes me, makes me really sad is that I've seen fully mentally capable, mentally aware, mentally smart, young kids, maybe younger than me. You know, I'm 44 and I still consider that young, but I, I'm seeing them. They're, they're 33 years old, so 33, 25 years old, 35, why do we say that, right? Some 45 year olds. They're homeless. They're on the side of the street. They don't have a drug problem. They don't have that heroin teeth or the, the, the drug teeth. They're, in fact, a lot of them are well-groomed, and they're begging for money. They're panhandling. 
We should make panhandling illegal. And the cops should, I think it is illegal, but the cops should enforce it. But these young kids are on the side of the road, panhandling, and the cops aren't enforcing it. They need to get off the street, and if they need help getting a job, well, then we should enroll them into some mentorship program. The state should, should create some type of mentorship program to get these very well-abled people, kids, or young adults, off the streets, right? Because I think they're just on the streets because they think it's so, that money is so easy to be made. And maybe they can make more money panhandling than getting a job at Burger King. So what else is there a problem, right? Well, the job opportunities. You know, the job, you can't get a good job opportunity here in Hawaii anymore. You know, there's like, unless you're an entrepreneur, um, <laughs> good luck trying to find a really good job to pay for that million dollar house. All right. And even if you're an entrepreneur, good luck making enough money to pay for that million dollar house because the state will always get in your way. You know, we don't know. That's the worst thing about being an entrepreneur in Hawaii is because COVID showed us that they're willing to shut us down for a quote-unquote existential threat. Now, COVID didn't require shutdown. We're finding that out more and more. But what did, you know, what power did our governor have to close down the state of Hawaii, to close down businesses? He issued a mandate to lock us down. Did he have the right, the constitutional right to do that? Absolutely not. But where were our legislators? Where were our Supreme Court justices, our local, our local Supreme Court justices? Nowhere to be found. So again, being an entrepreneur here, being a business person here in Hawaii sucks. It really, 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 really sucks. You know, the super ferry came down here one time. What is the super ferry? Well, the super ferry, uh, it was a, it was a, um, basically a ferry that was going to ferry cars, trucks or whatever, like, you know, your cars from island to island. It was really cool. So for like $50, I could drive my, I had a truck back then. I could buy, drive my truck onto the ferry and then I'd take the ferry over to Maui and maybe take, take me a couple hours, but I'd pay about 50 bucks, right? And that would be really cool because then I could say, hey, let's all, me and my friends could hop into the car, go over to Maui for like a day or so, and then we drive there, we come back, right? So we have a car and everything. Well, all of a sudden, there was a big backlash. Now, the car rental companies didn't like it and the unions who were like, you know, shipping things between the islands didn't like it. So what did they use? They used an environmental argument saying that, well, dolphins can't get out of the way. And what did our state do? Without They had already approved the environmental impact statement and everything, right, for the super ferry. But then they went back and said that, well, wait a minute, we didn't study the dolphins. Now, because they said that, well, the super ferry had loans to pay and because they had delayed their opening and everything like that, right? Well, they had to shut everything down. They had to shut it down. This great thing where, you know, again, if you, if you're someone who wanted to be a tourist and you come, you came here to, to Hawaii, right? And they say, well, I came, I, I flew to Oahu. Now I want to go to Maui. I could use my same rental car and go to Maui. Then I could take a ferry from Maui to the big island or the, and then from the big island to Molokai and then from the Molokai over to Lanai. I could do that, right? And it only cost me 50 bucks. And then I could maybe even take a, an RV and camp back and forth. It'd be so cool. Such a great idea. Well, the state, again, sided with the union, sided with the, um, the other businesses, the rental car companies, and they used the environmental argument to shut down the super ferry. So again, they couldn't make the payment, so they had to like sell their ship. So the super ferry is somewhere over there in Georgia working now, 
And, um, you know, as a ferry over there, very, and they're doing it very, very successfully. But the dolphins, they even showed, I think there's one couple who videotaped the dolphins playing in the waves that were generated by the super ferry. So this whole argument was a bunch of, you know, nonsense. But this is the state of Hawaii for you. You know, just recently, before COVID, you know, uh, I guess we had a, the 30-meter telescope, which was like pre-approved by Hawaiians, pre-approved by the state of Hawaii, pre-approved everywhere. And then all of a sudden, the Hawaiians start, a small group of Hawaiians start protesting on top of the mountain, saying that, well, this 30-meter telescope just is, a, is, a, is disrespectful to our Hawaiian culture. And all of a sudden, the state of Hawaii lets them protest and lets them you know, shut it down. So it may get shut down, even though they went through all the permitting, got all the funding, had talked to all the Hawaiian leaders and got their approval. And then they started, when they started building and all of a sudden, a small group of Hawaiians complain and that snowballs. And then now all of a sudden, because every everybody wants to be woke and feel like a victim. We have Jason Momoa out there. We got The Rock out there saying, oh, you know, we're all victims. And you know, and Jason Momoa, by the way, he wasn't even born and raised here. And then, you know, the I think The Rock was, I think he spent like a couple of years here, but he wasn't born here. Right? He did go to McKinley High School, but then he was gone after that. Right? It's not their, you know, it's not their mountain. And this, and this, um, you know, the, the, the 30 meter telescope could have provided a lot of jobs to a lot of young kids who were, who wanted to study the, I guess, the stars. And what would the 30-meter telescope do, by the way? It would see past our universe into other universes. And on top of that, it would see, it would maybe potentially spot, I guess, potential meteors from, I guess, uh, and warn us if it was on its way to the entire world, to, to Hawaii. So in a way, that 30-meter telescope, or not, not, not just to Hawaii, to the world, that 30-meter telescope would be a very advanced warning system for the world to say, hey, wait a minute, in about a hundred years, there's going to be this asteroid that's coming to, that's coming to the world and we better prepare or we better think of something right now. Right? <laughs> but again, what did the Hawaiians do for that? They said, oh, we have to protect the Mauna. We have to protect the Mount. Mauna is mountain. You know, the Mauna is speaking to, we have to, we have to protect it. When the irony is, is that the 30-meter telescope, one of the jobs was to protect not only the Mauna, but the whole world. <laughs> Tell that to them. And they still don't want to listen. Anyway, so this is the problem with Hawaii. It's too expensive. It's not business friendly. Homeless problem is out of control. Crime is out of control. And there's an energy problem. So... That's why a lot of locals are leaving. Tons of it. If you come to Hawaii, you're going to notice that there's a lot of homeless people. That's number one. And there's just so much trash on the side of the road. It's just really bad. And this is paradise. And uh, things look so industrial here in Hawaii. I mean, here in Oahu. And uh, things could be done a lot better. But again, you know, there's no jobs out here. For Let me, let me ask you this. A kid graduates from high school, right? And he goes to a four-year college and he gets woke and everything out there. He, but say he comes up with a skill that may pay him some pretty good money. Say he, say uh, IT, right? He wants to work in IT, get a really good IT job that pays maybe a, $150,000 a year, right? Starting. 
That's really great. It's not here on Oahu. You can't get get you can't get that. That same job may pay you seventy five thousand or eighty thousand here on Oahu, and that won't be enough for him to buy a house there. He'll have to go up to you know maybe San Francisco. Oh wait a minute, San Francisco has the same problem, right? He has to go over to Florida, Georgia, a better state, right? Maybe even Texas, but even Texas is getting out of control. But at least Texas, you know, has they're more business friendly, right? So where does that leave me? Where will I be? Well, luckily I'm an entrepreneur that has taken care, I guess has found a route in the tourism industry with the weddings. And then again, if my barbecue company um, turns out well, myself and Pitmaster Keith will have found a niche, hopefully. But if we can't, if that niche fails to catch on, well, I guess maybe, I don't know, moving out of Hawaii um, is not off the table. I'll tell you that. It really isn't. And a lot of locals are moving from here. My mother, um, she just had one of her friends over to her, her, her house. And they were local for the longest time. But they moved. They moved to Vegas. Um, I just talked to another local person. He's moving over to one of my couples who just booked with me. They're moving to Texas. How do you like that? And uh, I have some other friends who moved to Arizona. I thought they would never move. They're in Arizona right now. And uh, most of my high school friends... They're gone. They're in different parts of the country. They're doing very well. You know, buying houses for very inexpensive. You, know, you before you could buy a house. I mean, you you still can buy a house. You can still buy a nice house for around four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. And even for me, if you anything under a million dollars is good because here on Oahu, you're going to be paying a million dollars. So it doesn't really face me when I see a million dollar price tag. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of numb to that price tag. You know, million dollars, if you if it's a nice house for a million dollars, I'm like, whoa, that's great. Because here in Oahu, you'll get a million dollars for a piece of crap. You know, down the street, I think there's this house that I used to always ride my bike next to. And um, it's an A-frame house. And then right next to there is like another, it looks, it looks kind of like a shoebox, right? And there's an A-frame house, a little walkway, and then right next on the same property, it's a shoebox. Okay, so the person who lived there, decided they wanted to move out. And I guess what they did is they divided the property into two. So the shoebox sold for a million dollars or 1.3 or 1.2 and the A-frame house sold for about 1.2, 1.3. That piece of crap property. I mean, it's a piece of crap. It doesn't even look that nice. And then again, you, you pay $1.2 million to share a walkway with someone. And it, and on top of that, you're right by the road. It's not a really nice property because you're right by the road, a very busy part of our, our neighborhood. You can hear all the cars going up and down. And um, the property is very small on top of that too. So why? I don't understand why they bought that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But I think there, there could be some you know people who lived in the mainland and thought, hey, they want to live here in this nice neighborhood. And that was the only property available. So they took it. They really took it. Anyway, okay, those are my reasons. I'm not sure if you share those same opinions, but I'll tell you one thing. You know, Hawaii still is paradise. It's beautiful. The beaches are beautiful. The sunsets, the sunrises are beautiful. It's a great place to hike. It's a great place to visit. It's a great place to be a tourist. Trust me, the food here is great. Um, the people here are, for the most part, they're still very, very nice. 
they're not like the South. They're not like the Southern hospitality of the South, all right? But they're still very, very, very nice, all right? They're not like, you know, New York City people, New Yorkers or people, Californians, all right? They're over there. They're over here. We have people, it's called Aloha Spirit. It's, it's almost like Southern hospitality. It's almost as nice, but not as. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're planning to vacation down here, it's great. You'll love it. If you're planning to move down here, work down here, uh, it's going to be tough. And I know a lot of you millennials out there, you do listen to my podcast and you're thinking, okay, maybe I can think about moving down here and maybe starting a business down here. Well, you really better make sure you have, you're coming down here with a lot of seed money because starting a business here in Hawaii, it can get very, very expensive and it's not business friendly. All right, people, that's it for my podcast today. Uh, I am working on a pretty interesting podcast, uh, which I will be work. hopefully, I guess, working on podcasting it later on this week. I'm not sure. Maybe I have to wait till next week. It will be on mental health. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, mental health is something I'm really into, personal behavior. I do study personality types, like a bad habit. I think it's a really bad habit of mine, but I always like, uh, I'm obsessed with, you know, you know, studying people's behavior because uh, it helps me write better stories. And, um, you know, I think all writers, I think Pat, when they reach a certain level, they just become obsessive. I guess when you study, I guess when you, when you people watch as a writer, you just become very obsessive. You want to know what makes them tick. Why are they doing that? Why? And is it something of what type of personality type are they doing? And so forth. And it just really helps it because the more you know about personality type and when you write, um, the easier it is to write a story because I'll, I'll just say this. When an amateur, what, what's the difference between an amateur writer and a professional writer? Well, an amateur writer, they, they will have a great idea in their head and they will write what's in their head, right, to the piece of paper. A professional writer will create really good characters, and those characters will write the story for them. So the more we know about those characters, the more we will know how they will interact in this environment. So it almost becomes as though the writer, in, in a professional setting, we're just watching the writer, watching the, these characters in our head play out in these scenes, and uh, we're not writing it. We're not making it up because these characters are actually real. They're doing things that are canon to their reality, to their personality type. And they're based upon real personality types, okay? Real behavior. So that's all you do as a professional writer. All right, people. That's it. I know I checked out before, but now I'm really checking out. I'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.